What is up and welcome to the 49ers Camelot show where we're celebrating that your San Francisco 49ers are headed back to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, having to play the Kansas City Chiefs again, I had hoped, somebody asked me in the 49ers web zone mailbag last week, if I wanted the Chiefs or the Ravens in the Super Bowl, I, I, at first I was kind of leaning toward the Ravens uh, or that I that I preferred the Chiefs because of that Ravens defense, but I ended up talking myself out of it during the mailbag and saying, "Look, the the Ravens don't have Patrick Mahomes, and so uh, I would rather face the Ravens." But you know what? The the thing that and we'll get into the game next week. I, I want to spend this week talking about uh, yesterday's game. But the crazy thing is that the Chiefs right now, their defense is playing really, really well. So that's going to be something for us to talk about next week. So, uh, look, overcoming a 17-point a, a deficit is huge, man. That's uh, that, that, What a great thing. I'm, I'm so proud of the 49ers for just being so resilient and for, like, I, I'm – nothing went right in the first half. I know that they scored a touchdown, but other than that, nothing went right. And yet they came out of halftime and just absolutely took it to the lions. Josh, what's up, man? He said, uh, chiefs are actually a good matchup for us. All right. Um, Hey, listen, I I'm all about trying to figure, figure that stuff out. They can't run the ball. I, I was thinking about that today, that the Chiefs are not going to have the running game that the Packers have or that uh, the Lions have. So that's good news. I mean, Mahomes is mobile, but he doesn't take off that that much. Uh, he can, and he can really hurt you, but they don't have the kind of running game that that uh, the Lions have. And so that uh, that's really uh, a big thing. So, yeah. Yeah, we made it back to the Super Bowl. Huge for the 49ers. Huge to overcome this 17-point deficit. And look, this game, I've been saying I was saying all week last week that my concern was that the the Lions were going to come out. They were they're one of the best running teams in the in the NFL. The 49ers are not a great run defense. And so if you watched last week when I had Oscar Aparicio from Better Rivals, he talked about how the 49ers are, are not real good against the run. It looks like they've been good against the run throughout the season, but that's mostly it's it's a little uh, deceiving because the 49ers were always way ahead. So teams abandoned the run. And so it made it look like they weren't too bad be, based on the rushing yards per game. But when you look at the rushing yards per play, uh, the, then you can see that the 49ers running defense or run defense was not as good as what we would hope for. And so um, I said all week that my biggest concern was that they won't be able to slow down that uh, Detroit running game that's going to open up the play-action passing game for Jared Goff. In in that situation with play-action pass, Jared Goff has been really good. So that's exactly what we saw right out of the gate. And I was wishing that I was wrong, uh, but uh, it just wasn't that way. Now in the second half, totally changed. 
Josh wrote, uh, outside zone has been killing us. It has, man. It's been, it's been rough. Uh, gotta say it. Chase Young has half a sack since joining us and has become a liability as of late. You know, that's one of the things that I'm going to get to, but, uh, Chase Young did make, uh, did make a, a, a few plays in the second half. So, um, I don't want to bash him too much. Uh, but here in a minute, when, when I get to that part, um, I, <laughs> I was, I was bashing him initially. So, so these, uh, I usually after every game, I'll write a rapid reactions kind of thing uh, for 49ers web zone. And so basically what it is during the game, I write down my live reactions. So as the game unfolds, I, I take notes. And so basically they're what I'm thinking in that moment. So when I get into these, you're going to be able to tell by what I'm saying how the 49ers were doing in that moment uh, because like sometimes I am a, an emotional fan and uh, sometimes I'm calm and, and collective, but sometimes I get a little emotional. And so you, you can tell that by what I'm writing in the moment as things are going. So let's get into these. Um, and then if you have comments, Jump in here, and uh, you're welcome to uh, to to write those uh, in the chat. So here was my first thing. My first live reaction is the 49ers defense still hasn't figured out how to stop the run. Man, in the first half, I, they could not do anything to stop Detroit, and this was it was pathetic. I mean, look, sometimes you win games, sometimes you lose game, sometimes things don't go your way. Sometimes the ball takes a bad hop, but I didn't even like the effort that I was seeing. You know, Josh mentioned Chase Young and there was, there was this one play. I think uh, maybe the one, maybe the play that Jameer Gibbs scored on, I think where you could see Chase Young in the area where he could make a play and he didn't even look like he was trying. And so it was frustrating to watch this team that is very good play so poorly. I mean, Detroit, they're no joke. And so I, I don't want to make it look like this was just all bad 49ers because the Lions were playing really well in that first half. But look, the 49ers run defense is not good. And that is a concern. They did shut down the Lions run game in the second half. That allowed for the uh, 49ers to get back in the game. Um, obviously it helped that Dan Campbell went for it on fourth down a couple of times and, uh, decided that he was going to throw the ball instead of run the ball in those situations. So that helped, but, uh, man, next thing I wrote was I still remember back in the day when the San Francisco defense was elite in the first half, they were far from elite. They just, they had one stop one stop in the first half and Detroit was just going up and down the field. They were scoring and making it look so easy. But the, in, in the second half, the 49ers defense um, woke up, man. They, they just were uh, a totally different defense coming out of the locker room. Seems like Brock Purdy has a lot of passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. I'm not sure why that is, but uh, I don't know if it's the offensive lineman or it's just not good passing lanes or what it is, but 
I feel like, especially here lately, he's had more passes batted down. Now he did have that interception in the first half. That that wasn't wasn't really tipped. Um, his his arm was hit at, while he was throwing the ball, and so that definitely affected the pass. I think that was uh, maybe John Feliciano. I think that's who who let the the defender get too close to Brock. Thankfully, it was a situation where his his hand was hit as he's releasing the ball, so it wasn't a situation like he faced last year. Uh, how horrible would that have been to to not even get into this game hardly at all and and Purdy's out with an injury again? Just would have been uh, horrible. Uh, Jake Moody, not money in the first half at least. Uh, when Moody missed that 48-yard field goal or whatever it was, I just thought, man, this the the moment is too big for him. And uh, last week I asked Oscar Aparicio, hey, if, if the NFC Championship game comes down to a field goal, how are you feeling in that moment? And he said, not great. And so that I, I share that, that feeling that, look, you don't want it to come down to a kicker ever, especially a rookie kicker that's been streaky at times this season. Uh, so not a good start by Jake Moody. Um, and I, and I wrote toward the end of the first half when Detroit was going up and down the field, I wrote that it was like the 49ers defense tore its UCL early in the game. They couldn't buy a defensive stop, man. It's just ugly. How about that play where George Kittle put Aiden Hutchinson on his back? That was nice to watch. I, I love George Kittle is just a menace as a blocker. Uh, he's so good at it. He's a great receiving tight end, but when you add in the blocking that he brings, he's the all-around best tight end in the NFL. If you want to say that Travis Kelsey is a better receiving tight end, that's fine. I can get on board with that. I mean, he does have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. Uh, but if, if you think Kelsey's better than Kittle, that's fine. But uh, for me, I think that Kittle's the best all-around tight end, even if Kelsey's the better receiver. Christian McCaffrey, man, this guy is so special. I mean, we've run out of things to say about him. The way that he just makes plays, whether it's in the passing game or in the running game, he's just able to make people miss. He's he, he's able to make himself small. He's so shifty, and he can get through uh, defenses. And then once he gets in the open field, man, he's uh, look out because he's got some speed and uh, just a great, great player. It's funny. Because down at the goal line, sometimes people think, uh, all right, this this is where you put Jordan Mason in because he's bigger. But McCaffrey's probably the best short yardage back on the team. And it's, I mean, he's first off, he's strong. He's really strong. But then he's just so shifty and he's, he's just good with his feet and he has a way to get through uh, those small openings. Uh, let's see. It was well into the second quarter before the 49ers defense stopped the Lions offense, thanks in part to Nick Bosa, who finally got to the quarterback. Nick Bosa had, what, I think two sacks in the game. It had been a while since he had sacked the quarterback, so it was great to see Nick Bosa get back into the swing of things and start putting some pressure on the quarterback, get to the quarterback, bring him down. This uh, The pass rush... I, I didn't feel like it was great. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. 
Um, but Bosa was, he, he had a really good game. John Feliciano did not have a good game. I already mentioned him that I, I think I remember him being the offensive lineman that allowed Brock Purdy's hand to get hit, uh, when, uh, the, uh, interception took place, but Feliciano has been really good, um, since he took over for, uh, uh, for Spencer Burford. But, uh, last night that wasn't his best game. Uh, at one point uh, in the first half, I wrote, maybe Steve Wilkes should go back to the booth. Wilkes got outcoached in the first half. Now, in the second half, he had his way. I can't tell you how many people I had tweeting at me on uh, on Twitter saying Steve Wilkes needs to be fired at halftime. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen, but... Uh, yeah, Wilkes didn't have a good first half. He he got out coached. His players weren't playing great. His scheme wasn't great. His play calling wasn't great. And uh, I, I obviously I knew that he wasn't going to get fired at halftime. But I did wonder is the is it possible that Steve Wilkes um, may not be brought back next season? I I really didn't know. I think at this point he will be unless he gets a head coaching job, which at this point I don't think is going to happen. So I think that that uh, the 49ers will have Steve Wilkes as the defensive coordinator again next season. So if you don't like that, um, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but I, And I think that that's probably fair. I mean, yeah, at times he hasn't been great this season, like in uh, the Cincinnati game, uh, in the uh, – uh, the Minnesota game, you know, in the first half of the the first Rams game, uh, but in the second half he made some good adjustments, and uh, all throughout the season he made some good adjustments after the half, and so um, I think that that's more than what we can ask for. Is you know maybe he doesn't come out of the gate as hot as we like, but if he can make some some good halftime adjustments, then I think that that's pretty cool. What's up, Jason, Captain Niner Massey? Good to see you, man. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Where am I at? So, okay. Oh, and here's something else that I wrote in the first half, uh, that John Lynch needs to go get some run stuffers in the offseason, and the defense needs to get faster. It was clear in that first half that the 49ers couldn't stop the run, and I, I just feel like the run defense hasn't been the same since they lost DJ Jones. So they need somebody like that who's an elite run stuffer. They went out and they got Javon Hargrave because they wanted to add to the interior pass rush. But I think that next year, I, I think they need somebody like DJ Jones who can stuff the run. Now, maybe they thought that Kalia Davis would be that guy but he never really played much. He just was injured most of the season. Of course, he missed last season recovering from a knee injury. And so I just think that they miss that and they need that. But one of the things that was clear to me that I hadn't noticed in any other game was that when you look at the speed of the Detroit offense versus the speed of the 49ers defense, the 49ers really lacked speed on the defensive side. And so I would love to see next season if they can add 
some run stuffers, and if they can add a little bit more speed so that when you have some of those guys, like uh, who was the who was the Detroit Lions guy that scored on the that first play? Uh, gosh, dang it, I forgot his name. Jameson, uh, yeah, I, I forgot uh, forgot his name. But anyway, that guy was flying. Now, I think he might be the fastest guy on the team. Um, Jameer Gibbs is really fast. And so I don't know what your, if you're in a situation where your defense might be a little older and a little slower and you're facing an offense that's young and can fly, then dang, you gotta, you gotta get some more, uh, speed there. So Bryant, what's up, man? Bryant said, smash the like button, everyone. Yes, sir. Please do that. And Jason said, we need to stop the arm tackling BS. Yeah, man, that's, uh, gosh, they, the, the bad tackling showed itself last night. So, um, for sure, um, they, and it's, it's crazy because when the 49ers have been well rested, they've tackled really well. And when they've been tired, they haven't tackled well. And so last night they should have been pretty well rested. I mean, they've only played two games in a row, but now we're looking at two weeks until they play again. So hopefully they'll be really well rested and can uh, make some uh, make some tackles. So so John Lynch, go if if y'all y'all tell go tell John Lynch, run stuffers and more speed on defense. Here's the thing that I asked that uh, Josh was asking or talking about earlier. Was Chase Young a good pickup? And I wrote this in the first half when, uh, like I said, there was the Jameer Gibbs touchdown where when I saw Chase Young on that play, he didn't even look like he was trying. And he was close enough to make a play, but he wasn't doing anything. So that was really frustrating because they went out and they got this guy, and here he is not uh, not playing, in, in my opinion, how he should, at least on that play. Now, I think that we all had hoped that Chase Young would come in and be like Nick Bosa Jr. on the other side, and that hasn't happened. He he hasn't been that force uh, as a pass rusher like we had hoped. So was Chase Young a good pickup? I think in the second half he played pretty well, but in the first half, Definitely not, but hey, his teammates weren't playing very well in the first half either. Now, here's the thing, Tashawn Gibson. I I actually wrote, I actually wrote this in the in in the first half. I wrote that I that that I think Tashawn Gibson needs to retire after this season. But then he came out in the second half and had a big game. He made some big plays. There was that strip on Jameer Gibbs. Um, there was, uh, a couple of other plays that I saw him make where I was like, okay, I've got to go back and retract what I said when, when I said that Deshaun Gibson needs to retire, maybe I, sh- maybe I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, that's obviously his decision, but, uh, he, he was bad in the first half. Now he was a star in the second half and, and really there seems to be a theme there. You could say that about every single defensive player, uh, and and really most of the offensive players as well. Bad in the first half, stars in the second half. And so that's uh, going to be an, an interesting thing to see how they come uh, through that in the Super Bowl. 
So Jason says, uh, I think he's talking about Chase Young. His value was worth the price we paid, but we haven't seen the big plays we expected it uh, to be overall. Yes, I I agree. I mean, that's uh, that's exactly right. Um, Huff and Brown will be the starters next season, in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. I I don't know if Sean Gibson's going to retire or not, but he's not going to be with the 49ers. Logan Ryan's not going to be with the 49ers next year. I seriously doubt. So. Talano Hufanga, uh, Jair Brown are going to be your safeties. Kind of depends on Hufanga's injury. I mean, that was uh, when was this? this? This I think it was December that uh, he blew out his knee, and so you know, is he going to be ready for the uh, the start of the regular season? It, you know, they say that it's a year kind of thing that. Uh, uh, that usually your year, your season back from a knee injury, you don't have quite the speed that you once had and that it takes a little bit to get into it. So uh, we'll see. But I think the plan is for Hufanga and Jair Brown to be the starting safeties. We'll have to see about Hufanga's injury. So moving on to the third quarter, um, that catch by Jawan Jennings when Brock Purdy uh, rolled out to his left and then like he's being flushed out of the pocket, turned around and flipped it across his body into the middle of the field. And <laughs> I was like, no. And then Juwan makes this catch, this crazy catch and just an incredible play. I mean, incredible by Brock, great, great play by Brock Purdy. He should never have thrown that, but it, because it was completed, we'll call it a great play, but man, what a catch by Juwan Jennings to go up and one hand that just incredible. Um, next thing I wrote was good for Moody to connect on a 43 yard field goal in the third quarter. feel like he needed that after missing that first one to come back and nail that second one was really good. And then Brandon, Ayuk, he is so good. What a catch. Um, on that Purdy overthrow definitely deserves a new contract. And there was a report yesterday that the 49ers are, are making a new contract for Brandon Ayuk a priority in the off season. So that's great news, but just an amazing catch by Ayuk, the fluke to Ayuk. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people calling it that, um, so yeah, I mean, I guess the fluke part is going to be the, the, bouncing off of the defender's helmet, but uh, what a beautiful adjustment and great concentration. That was the play of the game. That was the play that turned everything around. I mean, you could talk about the fourth down uh, stops. Um, those obviously were huge. The, the fumble uh, by Jameer Gibbs was huge, but the catch by Brandon Ayuk that uh, allowed him to score a touchdown a couple of plays later, that was the play of the game easily. Um, and, and I'm telling you, like I, I wasn't at the game, so I was watching it. Um, I actually was laying down watching the game, which is weird for me because usually big screen um, on the edge of my seat, standing up, maybe pacing. And I just decided the last two games in this postseason that I was just going to lay down in my bed just bring in my iPad and, and just watch that way. Uh, don't know why I did that. It's just what I chose to do. And, and now that they're 2-0 and in the playoffs, I, I got to stick with that, right? 
because uh, if I don't and they lose, then I'm going to think it's my fault. And so I just uh, was really, really impressed with how, you know, the Levi's crowd was kind of quiet. And then when Ayuk made that catch and they scored two plays later to move to within a touchdown, that at that point, you could tell that Levi's was was making some noise. And then when McCaffrey scored the touchdown to tie it, you could just tell uh, even even on my iPad that Levi's was rocking. And so if you were at the game, man, jump in here and tell me what it was like because that had to have been really cool to be there uh, to see all of that unfold. Uh, I'd be interested in, in hearing like how how quiet was it in the first half and how, how loud was it in the second half because on TV, or in my case on the iPad, it was really quiet in the first half, except for those Lions fans that you could hear. And then in the second half, man, loud. And that, and that was great uh, to, uh, to hear. Debo Samuel, he makes this 49ers offense different. He's so special. And the 49ers offense looks completely different without Debo Samuel. And so I'm glad that his shoulder's okay and that he was in the game because he makes a difference. Even when he doesn't have the ball, he still makes a difference. Uh, next thing, how did Purdy escape on that big run in the third quarter? His legs were a star in this game. So everybody knows that Purdy, you know, is so accurate with his passing. But yesterday, Purdy as a runner was a star. Uh, he had three big rushes for like 49 yards in the second half alone. And uh, I think he ended up with 51, 52, something like that for the game. But uh, just that, that, that one big play in the third quarter where he kind of slipped through um, and, and then took off uh, what an incredible job by Brock Purdy and a great job by the 49ers to not quit and get back in that game uh, was, was pretty impressive. Um, I just think that some of the things that Brock Purdy does uh, just are so special. Steve Young says that Brock Purdy has the force, and I guess he he must because you know just how he escapes the pocket. I mean, there was that that run and play where he went straight up the middle. Um, there was the one where he ducked under a sack and um, and then rolled out and hit Kyle Uzcheck. Uh, just incredible uh, how Brock Purdy uses his feet or and his legs to make big plays. He and and what's cool is he's doing it to buy time to throw. He, now yesterday he did it to take off and pick up first downs or keep drives alive or whatever. But uh, a lot of times he's doing it just to keep the the uh, the play alive as far as the pass. And so it's pretty impressive. Uh, and what about that that catch by uh, by Kyle Uzcheck? Just picture perfect textbook catch. Uh, beautiful uh, how he got both feet in bounds. Uh, Kyle Uzcheck for for being a big guy and a fullback man, he's he has some some ball skills. And uh, he had a big catch earlier in the game. I think that was in the first quarter, maybe. Uh, just a beautiful. Uh, job by Kyle Juszczyk. How about Logan Ryan? Logan Ryan came in for Ambry Thomas, who got hurt and left the game. And Logan Ryan came in the safety, came in and played corner 
um, in place. I, I think that they put him, if I remember right, they put him at nickel and moved Yamador Lenore back to the outside. And Logan Ryan made some big plays. Um, that uh, that game or that part of the game uh, at the end of that the last Detroit drive, where they're throwing, they're throwing, they're throwing, then they get down to the goal line and decided to run the ball. And it was Logan Ryan who broke through and knocked down the ball carrier. The huge play because it forced the Lions to take a timeout, which meant now they couldn't kick kick it away and try to stop the 49ers and force a punt. Now they had to go for the onside kick, which is hard to convert, uh, especially in the NFL. And so huge play by Logan Ryan. He had a couple of plays when he came in uh, for Ambry Thomas. I had a fan reach out to me uh, for uh, our mailbag that will be coming out on Wednesday and asked if Logan Ryan will start the Super Bowl ahead of Thomas. I really doubt it. I don't know what uh, – I never did hear what was wrong with Ambry Thomas. Um, if anybody knows, jump in here and tell me. But I, I never did hear what uh, uh, what they said. I'm, I'm looking to see – if uh, I'm not seeing anything, but um, so I don't know if Ambry Thomas is going to be ready to go for the Super Bowl. I, I I haven't heard, so it makes me think that it wasn't anything big, um, which means he should be fine for the Super Bowl. So will Logan Ryan start ahead of Ambry Thomas? I don't think that he will. Um, I could be wrong. Kind of hope that I'm wrong, just because I I, I just don't know. I. I I don't, I don't trust Ambry Thomas. He played better yesterday than he did against Green Bay. But, um, I mean, Thomas did have that one play where it looked like he had picked off the pass and then they rolled over and the receiver held onto the ball. Um, that was a great play by the receiver, but it was also a really good play by Ambry because he just, uh, he just uh, almost picked that play, uh, picked off that pass. And so that was pretty impressive. The Grievance, what's up, man? Just stumbled across this for the first time. Please keep me entertained for the last two hours of my seven-hour drive. Well, I am, I'm not talking for two uh, for two hours. I probably have another 10 minutes in me at, at best. Um, Jason said, Thomas look at times looks all pro, other times looks Josh Norman. That's a great, anal- a great illustration there. Um, the, yeah, you're right. I mean, early in the season, I was bashing the guy because he's just a uh, pass interference or a big play waiting to happen. And then in the middle of the season, all, all of a sudden he started playing really well. And like, I call it how I see it. So I don't, I'm not one of those. that's just, um, a Homer that's always positive or, um, a negative person. That's always negative. I'm positive when it's positive and I'm negative when it's negative. Um, and so, but yeah, I kind of feel like Ambry has kind of regressed back to the old Ambry. Uh, but yeah, great example there. Sometimes he looks like he's a pro bowler and sometimes he looks like he's Josh Norman. Uh, let's see. Defense came back to life in the second half, two stops on fourth down and a takeaway, just huge. Um, I felt like this was going to come down to the defense versus the Lions offense. It did. And once the defense started making plays, then the 49ers were able to get back in him. 
great comeback. Uh, really proud of the team. So the 49ers overcame a 17-point halftime deficit. It's tied for the second largest comeback in NFC Championship game history. The comeback that they tied was the 2012 49ers who overcame a 17-point deficit in Atlanta. That was when uh, when they got down early and then Kaepernick and Frank Gore and Michael Crabtree and Bowman and Willis and Justin Smith and all those guys brought them back and uh, and they went to the Super Bowl. And that was, that was huge because, man, the 49ers have been bad for so many years. So to see them get back in the Super Bowl uh, was, uh, was a lot of fun. It's always fun, but especially – uh, when the team's been bad for a while, it just it's like it's more meaningful. So I thought it was fitting that Journey played at halftime because the 49ers go in, they're down by 17. They're, they weren't only down by 17, they were getting destroyed. And then Journey comes out and they, and they play Don't Stop Believing, and the 49ers come back. And if you listen to KNBR any today, they were playing that song all day with. Uh, like in the background with uh, with calls from the game um, over it. And so it was like goosebumps, man, um, all day listening to KNBR. So the 49ers here, this is interesting. Remember when the 49ers moved into Levi's and all of a sudden they, they're in Harbaugh's last season and they finished 500. And then the next year they have Jim Tom Sula. They're horrible. The year after that, they have Chip Kelly. They're horrible. Uh, the year after that, they have Kyle Shanahan. They're horrible. Then they have, in 2018, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. The 49ers are still horrible. And so everybody was like, man, is Levi's Stadium buried on some ancient Native American burial ground or something? Because this place sucks. And so then 2019 came. And they won two playoff games there. Uh, last season, they won two playoff games at Levi's. This season, they won two. So they're 6-0 and at Levi's Stadium, uh, undefeated in the playoffs, undefeated in the NFC Championship game. And with this, with this game right here, um, this comeback, and, I mean, you look at both of these, like, against Green Bay to play terrible the whole game and then to go on that game-winning drive last week and then to come from 17 down to win it. Levi's is starting to become its own character. It's probably never going to replace Candlestick, but still, what's going on at Levi's is, is pretty cool to see. Uh, Jason said, yeah, whoever thought of don't stop believing was freaking genius i don't know like how how crazy was that to to get journey to play and you know they're gonna play that song it's like their biggest hit and so um that was that was pretty cool the grievance said d were better a bit better in too high but uh or second half but let's not kid ourselves detroit had five second half drives scored one yeah, I mean, and there were plays that uh, that Detroit missed, like balls that they dropped uh, that their receivers should have had. But you can also say that about the 49ers. They had missed opportunities as well. So I know that uh, a lot of, uh, of things went 
went the Lions way in the first half, but then a lot of things went the 49ers way in the second half. So 49ers undefeated at Levi's in the postseason. That's that's so cool. Um, so here's the thing. In uh in 2019, when the 49ers went to the Super Bowl with seven and a half minutes left, they had a 10-point lead. They blew the 10-point lead, lost the Super Bowl. Two seasons later, in 2021, in the NFC Championship game against the Rams, they start the fourth quarter with a 10-point lead. They blew that lead and lost the NFC Championship game. This year, they're down 17. They come back. They build up a a 10-point lead, and somehow they're able to hold on to go back to the Super Bowl. So just an incredible thing that the 49ers were able to do. They were able to do what they haven't been done the last two weeks, which was come from behind to win. And now they have protected their uh, fourth quarter 10-point lead, which was what they needed to do. So um, it'll be interesting. Next week we'll be talking more about uh, the, the Super Bowl and the Chiefs. But this week we'll be mostly talking about this game. So that's all that I have for today. Sorry, Grievance, you're going to have to f- uh, finish your two-hour drive uh, without me. I'm sure there's somebody else out there doing a podcast right now. So maybe you can find them and, and go listen. But thanks, everybody, for for joining me and for getting in here and talking about the game. Please uh, make sure that you like and subscribe. If you're listening to this on an audio podcast somewhere, then please make sure that you rate, review, and follow the 49ers Camelot Show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Looking forward to hooking back up with you later this week and um, looking to see if I can get a guest for uh, sometime later in the week. And then next week, we're going to start talking about that Super Bowl. Everybody have a good rest of your day.